When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's Nix.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's K-N-I-X.com. What's up, everyone? How's it going? This is The Cheat Sheet, number five. And we're talking about who are the best players in the singles division for just 2019. Not of all time, not last year, not the year before, but just 2019. What have the players done this year to one another? I'm going to talk about it. I came up with a list of 15 players that I think are the best right now in the division that have played this year only. This year only. So it doesn't take any time. limited amount of, of plays, or matches rather, from the players, and just to see their stats and how they stack up. So that's kind of what we're going to do tonight, uh, and we got, like I said, we got 15 players. I kind of just went through their season numbers and uh, just ranked them, just like you normally would. And I did actually post this list uh, a little earlier in the, there's a Schmodown spoiler group, and... With that said, uh, there will be spoilers that re- pertain to the Schmodown threat and that happened this past Saturday. So if you have not seen the William Bibiani Chance Allison match, uh, I will talk about it a little bit. Not the match itself, but I have to talk about the stats that came out of that match for both players. So if you haven't seen the Schmodown throwdown with Bibbs and Chance and you don't want to be spoiled, do not continue to watch. Uh, well, at least you can watch for a little bit. I'll tell you exactly when it's going to... Well, it's probably just best not to watch. Probably just best not to watch. So, uh, but you can go purchase, I think, the the live stream. I don't know if it's still available, actually. I know it was, but 
I'm not sure if it still is. Go check to see if it is on the theshmodownlive.com. You can probably hopefully get it passed that way, uh, which I highly encourage because that whole card was amazing from start to finish. It was truly one of the best live live streams that the Shmodown has done this year so far. Uh, but let's get right into I'm going to break them down in, in thirds here. Since I have 15, I'm going to do 11 through 15, then 6 through 10, and then 1 through 5. Some of it might be predictable, uh, but everything else is fun to talk about and, and and conversate about. So I'll go ahead and I think I'm going to start with, yeah, 11 through 15. Uh, let's see here. All right, um, I'm trying to do a little fancy graphic work here. So 11 through 15, here's my list right now. At number 15, I have David Del Rio. Number 14, Janine the Machine. Number 13 is Lon Harris. Number 12 is Mark Riley. And number 11, much to Mikey Three Belts uh, fans out there, I have Mike at number 11 this year in the singles division. Uh, Mike Kalinowski with a record of 2-1, and one, which is a better record than everyone else through 12 through 15. They're all at 1-2. and two. Now, how do you separate all these players that are 1-2? and two? And what I did is I looked at accuracy rate. I looked at the rate in which uh, their possible points were earned. And then I also looked at their opponent's average accuracy rate that they faced. So when we look at, let's just, let's look at, let's look at Lon Harris. Uh, one and two, he's, he has an accuracy rate of 68, nearly 69% this year through his three matches. He's earning almost 63% of, of his available points and his opponent's, have an average accuracy rate against him, 83%. That is one of the top rates uh, in the division this year. It's I think it's about the third or second. It's the second amongst these 15 that I'm going to list off. It's second. Uh, he has a second toughest opponent average this season. And when, you're, when he has an accuracy rate of 69, I mean, he's going deep into the rounds, deep into the matches, and... You know, like I said, he's only just one in two. He has had some tough losses as of late. Uh, he does have that one win over Paul Preston, which is which is pretty good. But um, uh, let's see here. John Estes says, do the schedule in the live stream for bibs. Results also going to go to public on Friday. The full card, the full card will be public. So match this Thursday. Um, yeah, uh, good to know. Yeah, that just I think I did just see that actually. But you know my. Let's talk about Mike Kalinowski because obviously people, you know, he's been on a run this year and people are probably going to think he's a lot higher uh, or even in the top 10 or maybe top 5. But his play has just not been there and the competition hasn't been up to up to the level of some other players. And that kind of does hurt him because... His own accuracy rate isn't much higher than his opponent's average accuracy rate through his three matches. And Leo, yeah, you're right. Lon's second round it was was awful, and and it's actually plagued him a lot, even in the past. So he's not a great round two player. He's a very good round one player, but when it comes to round two, I don't I think he's maybe taking a little too many chances. But uh, yeah, that's Lon is number thirteen right now on my list. But let's get back to Mike. And right now, this year, through his three matches with a two and one record, wins over Janine and Ben Bateman. 
he's averaging his average accuracy rate is almost 65%. He's earning 62% of all his available points, but his opponent's average accuracy rate is about 62%. So it's pretty low on the low side, and given that his own accuracy rate is just around 65%, doesn't mean he's exactly blowing people away. You look at that Janine match when he got spinners and opponents, um, that really really helped him to to the victory line there. He was trailing after that first round to Janine, but it was really that second round that turned everything around for him, and even still getting a category like Bond that's obviously very favorable to him, his accuracy rate is still only at 65. Hasn't even cracked 70 percent and that's a little concerning especially if you're a fan of mike and you want to see him go on a deep run in the tournament so he he's going to have a chance to to kind of wipe that away and start on september 28th when we're having another schmodown throwdown kalinowski and genie will be live september 28th and i'll just plug it go to schmodownlive.com and uh, for more details eventually i don't know if that the live stream pass is available yet but if you're a ten dollar up patron you don't have to worry about it if you're not a patron at the $10 level, uh, you might have to wait till they announce when those live stream passes are available. Now, uh, number, I think, I mean, you know, Riley there, I have it number 12 at 1 and 2. He has an accuracy rate of 71%, so it's better than Mike's. But, again, just one win to his two losses. And his opponent, and he's not earning as many as possible points. He's only earning 66. I mean, this is stuff that it's, his, Riley's, numbers aside from his record are better than Kalinowski but I felt like I had to give Kalinowski a little bit of a jump over Riley just for the fact that he's got two wins and uh he played he played you know some decent opponents but you know I and I I actually honestly I'm looking at this now I might want to switch Riley with Kalinowski because Riley's opponent average is about 76 percent which is way better than Kalinowski's 62 so I might have been a little too nice to Kalinowski, if you believe that. Uh, let's take a look. I'm going to switch over now to... We're going to go to the rank uh, 6 through 10 here. And I have number 10, Liz Miller, at 3-1. and one. We'll just talk about that. Number 9, I have Brendan Myers, 2-1. and one. Jeff Snyder, 2-1. and one. Number 7 is John Roca at 2-1. and one. And number 6, I have Ethan Irwin at 1-2. and two. He is a very interesting player this year, given his record at 1-2. and two. But before I get to that, let's talk about Liz Shannon Miller at 3-1. and one. Why so low with a 3-1 and one record? Well, she had a huge match against Paul Oyama, right? A uh, number one contender match, or a, a match to get into a number one contender match at the time versus Chance Ellison. Did not play great. Her accuracy rate right now this year is... 66%. For a 3-1 player, uh, it's it's a little I don't want to say deceiving, but it's not as good as I think people might think she is with a 3-1 record. She's earning uh what do we got here? 61% of her available points. Uh, that's just simply too low um to go really any higher than 10 and that's only because she's 3-1, to be quite honest. Her opponent average hasn't really been that astounding. 65% for Liz, uh, her opponent's average. It was elevated a little bit with the Paul Yama match, but between JTE and WDG eBay, not really you know tough opponents, despite 
uh, both uh, Demi and Lesbian rookies. JTE is seasoned vet, but even he is prone, as we've seen in singles especially, not putting up the best matches. Uh, and then Paul Yama, obviously a real test, considering he's a champion now, and she didn't fare very well against him. So number 10 is a little bit, you know, it's due to the 3-1 record, but I would lo- I think the, the, the knowledge is there for Liz. She's just got to get used to this environment in which... You know the questions are coming at her, and uh, it's high stakes. You know, with the three, with, with she had three wins going into that Paul Yama match, and so you're automatically going to be in, in in a match that's a little bit more high stakes. And she couldn't pull it off, nor could she have an actual um, really good performance. I think uh, maybe it's a decent performance, but it wasn't a great performance by any means. So, uh, and then let's you know Jeff Snyder here. He just came out of a, a brutal loss for that title match against Paul. He sits at two and one again. Jeff didn't really hasn't played that great, and even in his uh, number one contender match against Kalinowski, both players they didn't play great in that in that one either. So you can also look at this ranking as a little bit of a power ranking as well. But uh, you know, Snyder's answering sixty six percent for the year in three matches. He's earning sixty four percent of his points, and his opponent averages at sixty five percent. None of this is above. 70 and for a long time and i kind of sent this i kind of set this own benchmark in terms of who who are who are legit threats to take the title now back in the day early on in the showdown i thought you ha- you had to be answering about 70% of your questions now that's simply not the case anymore to be an actual legit threat you can be a nuisance you can be a roadblock answering between 70 73% of your questions but to be really good, to be contending, you got to be in that upper 70 to 80%. You just have to be these days with, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the other players that are in the top five, and you'll, you'll see what, I talk, what I'm talking about there. Um, but Jeff, he, he's up and down. He's a, he's a great gamer. He's a great gamer uh, of the Schmodown. So I, I just don't – yes, he was in a title match, and that counts for something, but I, I just I can't – get him any higher than that. And then John Roca, he's actually, excuse me, he's actually played pretty well in his matches. Um, and they've been a little bit more low-key, I think, if you ask me. I mean, his only loss this year is in a number one triple, number one contender's triple threat match against Ethan Irwin and William Bibiani. Uh, aside from that, he's played, even, even that match, he played pretty decent, but he's played really well as of late uh, since that loss. He's answering... 79% of his questions on the year, earning 71% of his available points, and his opponent average is at is near 80%. So he's going up against very tough competition. A lot of that does stem from that first match of the year. The Rachel match, Silver Streaming match, didn't really bolster that, but it was still obviously a tough match. Uh, so he he's been he's been against some tough competition. So for that reason, and along with his high accuracy rate, nearing eighty percent, he he's at is at number seven. Now number six for Ethan Irwin. Why is a guy who's one and two just outside of the top five? Actually, when I was making this list, it kind of felt wrong that he wasn't even in the top five. But with a with one loss, and I know it's. A loss for I'm sorry with two losses or that one win rather he just earned over Haley Fouch in New York the two losses losing his belt to start the year and then losing that triple threat number one contender match against Bibbs Bibbs played lights out 
obviously Dan Merle went perfect in that first match. And then this match against Haley Fouch, he played really, really well. And, you know, Haley wasn't quite up, um, up there in terms of accuracy for that match. But I just look at Ethan Irwin all the way around and I got to, I got to pull up some deeper numbers for him here. Um, he is an absolute machine. Now, surprisingly enough, he's not one of the, the top, top tier first round players. That's, that's reserved for the likes of, of Bibiani and, and Chance Ellison and those people. Uh, even, even, I mean, I don't know if I would say Dan Merle. I mean, he can be, but he's not as consistent as those other two guys I just mentioned. Uh, but Ethan, he can. I mean, he's obviously very dangerous. People do not do not take him lightly, and rightfully so. I mean, he obviously a former singles champ. And as I pull up his numbers here, because I want to talk about his round one accuracy rate, uh, what he's averaging here, and if this would just load for me. And it's going and going. There's a lot of numbers in here, so it's probably taking a lot of computing power. Uh, also, the internet, because internet... God, come on, this is really long. Um, here we go. All right. When you look at Ethan Irwin this year, he's averaging 88%, which is he's averaging seven points in the first round through three matches. I mean, that that's... Obviously, very, very up there. He hasn't had a perfect round this year. Uh, he's had seven points, obviously, in all three matches this year. So, this year, his consistency in the first round is actually much better than last year. Not much better, but marginally uh, better than last year. When you take a look at his round two numbers, He's averaging, he's earning actually 88% of his available points. And he's only missed, let me see here, he's only missed one question in the second round in three matches this year. And he has a one and two record. He is one of the best, if not the best, second round player this game has, has seen uh, ever. Ever. Um, I don't have his lifetime total, but I think even last year he missed like four or five in, in those eight matches he played. And he's only missed one here. And he doesn't go to multiple choice a whole lot given his his PPE percentage for the round at 88%. So he he's doing a lot of damage in these rounds. I mean, he scored he scored eight points in, in that debut match or the season opening match, six points in that triple threat, and then seven against Haley. So he's very dangerous when you get into the second round with him, and he's just an absolute terror just an absolute terror um but that's why i had to put ethan Irwin at number six despite the two losses because two losses are, are in pretty big situations which you could argue should go against him because he did he did not deliver in those situations but his level of play was excellent in those two matches he just happened to get outplayed by two better players on that day and, and there was probably only these are probably only a handful of people look that that can beat Ethan Irwin, and, and a handful I'd probably say like there's only like three people that I would really pause and, and wonder: it could Ethan Irwin pull it out? Could he not? Everybody else, I'm fairly confident going. He's gonna win. He's gonna win. Yeah, he'll beat them. He'll beat her. Whatever. Uh, there's only a couple people that 
just I had to think about it. And obviously Bibiani and Merle this year, the two people to do it, you do have to take uh, a second to think, will, will Ethan beat them? Uh, it's not a foregone conclusion like it was. I felt like it was last year. Uh, he was just an absolute machine. Uh, and then, you know, Brendan Meyer, I was real quick on him. He's number nine on this list. And I think he has a lot of promise. But his numbers here, you know, he's answering 72% on the year. And his opponent accuracy, average accuracy is about 61%. So not the best. He's not facing incredible pressure per se. So he doesn't have to do as much. But his accuracy rate is above 70%. So that's a really good start right there. That's very promising. And... I take a little bit into account his run at free-for-all. So he's had a really good year as a rookie, and his only loss is to Paul Yama, the champ. So he's he's been pretty good after that. Now let's I'm going to get into the top five here, and this is the part where i got to tell you, Schmodown Throwdown spoilers will be involved in this top five. And if you haven't seen it, like I said, Go go and get that pass if it's still available. I'm not 100% sure at the moment. Um, if you want to wait till Friday to watch the match, you can do that and then come back. Maybe you want to listen to this later. I don't know. But you're being warned. I'm going to talk about who won that match in the top five because both players, here we go, are in the top five from that match. Now, I have number five, Chance Ellison at 2-2. Two and two. Paul Preston at number four, three and one. William the Beast Bibiani at three and one on the number three spot. Dan Merle, number two at two and one. And then, of course, the champ, the current singles division champion, Paul Oyama, with a record of six and oh, a record setting six and oh, the first player to go six and oh to start their career. He's also the only, he's only the second player to have a six game win streak. The other person who did that was Sam Levine. I posted about that. I think uh, a week or so ago in the group and in the MTS Facebook group. When you look at Chance Allison here at two and two, he's, he is one of the best first round players we, we, we have right now in the game. Currently, I mean, right now he's has a 72% accuracy rate. He's, he's earned 23 points. Uh, he's also had three perfect rounds, I believe, this year. Uh, let me see here. He's had three perfect rounds this year. And actually, these numbers aren't up to date. He's a little bit higher than that. I have to update this one. So if I just did this. All right, yeah. His accuracy rate, I'm sorry, is up to 97% in the first round. That makes a whole lot more sense. He's had... Th- Three consecutive perfect first rounds, including the bonus. Now, that is some elite stuff. You just don't find that at all, really, in this league. And, you know, it's actually shocking that he's 2-2, two and two, given the fact he's had three perfect first rounds with the bonus. His first match of the year against Janine, he scored seven. Since then, it's been... Nine points in the past three matches in the first round. That's pretty unprecedented stuff. That That is a record, I do believe. I would double-check it. Three perfect first rounds with the bonus. 
And I think that's actually a record for this season, let alone consecutively. So it's insanely impressive. He's answering on the year through four matches, 87% of his questions. He's earning 75%, which is kind of a, a decent gap between his accuracy rate and his his PPE percentage. That generally would be a little bit closer, but uh, if we look at his, his second round tendencies here, um, prior to the Bibbs match, actually, I got to add that in here. I think he went seven and seven points in there. Um, answer in. Sorry about that. I thought I updated that one. So, yeah, when you look at his second round PPE percentage, it's at 63%. So it's quite a dip comparatively to his first round, and he's averaging almost three points, or I'm sorry, three questions correct in the uh, second round. I mean, he's pretty much averaging three po- three questions correct. So he's he's letting go a point, two points, or I'm sorry, two points just about every match. So that, so that adds up fairly quickly. Uh, he's also one of these rare players, I believe. He's only had one uh, steal opportunity the whole year. In four matches, he's only had one steal opportunity, which he did capitalize on, which is really insane to me that through four matches, he's only been able to try and steal a point just once, and and that was against Janine. So everybody else has really really stepped up their game when they've played him, and, and that was just as evident in the throwdown. So, and then, and then let's look at his his opponent's average accuracy rate is up at 73%. That, that's pretty high. That's decently high. Um, but Chance, the fact that he's just 2-2 two and two with these kinds of numbers is, is kind of stunning. I think it's hard to say, it, it, you know, it's not fair to say, I should say, oh, you get it, to say that really his second rounds are doing him. I mean, yes and no, just for the mere fact that he he's ex, he he's exposed at least one one question per match in these past three matches where the possibility is someone can steal a point. Now it hasn't happened at a hundred percent clip, but the fact that he's not able to to at least earn a point when he goes uh, for for either on multiple choice or what have you, um, I don't is it is it hurting him a little bit? I guess it is. But it goes a little bit deeper too when you get into third rounds. But obviously, I mean, with the with the PPE percentage of seventy four near seventy five percent, he's doing pretty well in in the in the final rounds because you you don't have a rate that high without hitting your threes and fives. So um, while he's missed a couple, you know, he's also hit a few more. So or at least one. And then what was the other match? I forget his other match. This the one I'm thinking of. Uh, oh, Emma Fife. So he didn't even get to, he didn't even have to get to that one, um, so that kind of helps that percentage there. But he still knows his stuff, and he's still a dangerous player, and I think he will be for quite some time. Now, number four on this list uh, might make some people happy. I think this guy has really built up steam over the course of the past month and a half or so, and that's Paul Presson with a record of three and one. He has an accuracy rate this year at 80%, earning 75, near 76% of his points. And he's had an opponent opponent accuracy rate, average accuracy rate 
of 68%. So near that 70%, which is which is which can put you on the ropes in some certain situa- some situations. Obviously that one loss to Lon Harris is a match that he I think a lot of people think he should have won or could have won. And then he did prove that obviously in his first round singles tournament match recently. So he he's been on a roll. And then if if we go ahead and look at his his numbers here through rounds number one and two. Paul Preston right now is averaging about, let's see here. I got him at near 7.6.8 6.8 points right now in the first round. And in the second round, he's averaging uh, five and a half, five and a half points. So there has been a little bit of a, of a slip up there uh, when you look at there i mean the reason his numbers take a dip a little bit right there he's hit six points three times in his second rounds he hit four uh in his second match which was the lon harris match so it's or was it the lon harris match what was the other one escape was that the david del rio one maps uh anyways but six points in three of his matches this year very good sign uh we would probably like to get a little bit more. I think he wants to probably hit the four for four at least, even if you got to go to multiple choice. Uh, because while his PP percentage in the second round is not horrible, it's at 69%, he, he, there is like room for improvement there. And you can see there's points that he leaves on the table sometimes in these matches. And if he can just kind of tighten that part of his game up, I mean, he can be even better than he is already right now, and that's why I have him at number four, uh, answering 80% of his questions. Uh, you know, while that's about 7% less than chance, you know, he's 3-1. He he bested, finally, Lon Harris. I th- he really beat him twice, and I just think that I gave Paul the, the, the leg up over chance due to the fact that his PPE percentage was higher, and, and he's 3-1. Three one, he won a tournament match, so that counts for something. Even though Chance had had a tough go um, recently in a in a tournament match, it, it's it, I mean you can really go back and forth. It's just kind of how you feel about it, and I wouldn't blame you if you put Chance a little bit higher. But um, yeah, Leo, you're, you're absolutely correct in that those steals that he was able to get. In fact, let me I think he's a uh, he's really up there with the steals this year. He's uh, five of seven. Five of seven. So he has had plenty of opportunities to capitalize, and he's done that five of seven this year in steal opportunities. And like I said, Chance, he's only had one opportunity this year. If he had more opportunities, maybe he's not two and two. Maybe he's not. So, But let's talk about who Chance played, and that was William the Beast Bibiani. Wow. I really wanted to put him number two. I really wanted to, but I couldn't because, as you see, I have Dan Morrell there at number two, and I just could not put the Beast above Dan Morrell's because of the fact that the Beast and Dan Morrell played early this year for the title, and Dan beat him. Now, that's not to say William the Beast Bibiani did not play great. He's played great all year, including the free-for-all, obviously. Right now, this year, he's averaging 85. He has an Accuracy rate of 85%. He's earning 77% of his points. And he has an opponent's average accuracy rate of 
percent. That's the third highest rate this year. And I forgot to mention actually with Ethan Irwin, I don't know if I mentioned it, his opponent's average accuracy rate is eighty four percent. That's the highest in the division this year. When you look at his matches, you can you just Bibiani and Merle. Duh, right? But getting back to Bibbs, earning seventy seven percent of his points is is about third best right now in the in the division and and he has a winning record at three and one. He had a big win against Chance Ellison, where he had to hit all three of his final round questions. He does that. He seals the deal in that one, that's for sure. And now he has a date with Ethan Irwin, a guy he's beaten previously this year, albeit in a triple threat match. So it'll be interesting to see them heads up. That's going to be a lot of fun. But Bibbs is quietly having a really, really good season. And I'll tell you this much. If he can get past Ethan Irwin and he can win the tournament and then he can beat Paul Oyama at Spectacular, I don't see how he's not at least singles player of the year. I mean, he has a real shot. I don't know if anybody else on this list can do it. Could could Ethan do it with that with two losses? Maybe. Maybe. I, I don't know. It depends just how scary dominant Ethan Irwin would have to be, I think, to really throw his hat in the ring in terms of being singles player of the year. Again, I'm not... And then, I mean, the other dark horse of that is Paul Preston. He's also a rookie. And if he could make a run, I mean, he would have to He would have to beat either um, Liz Shannon Miller or Ben Bateman next, I believe. And then, that. so that's another win. And then the, the top part of his bracket, that's another win. In the semis, then he had to win the finals. That's another three. So he'd be at six and one. If he beat Paul, he'd be seven and one. So he he's another one that could possibly do it, but he's got to get on a run. And I don't I don't know if he if, if he's got it in him. I think Bibbs does. I really do. And he got past a huge hurdle this past Saturday. He has a an even bigger hurdle coming up in I don't know how many days now or a few weeks against Ethan Irwin. That one's gonna be a slugfest as well. Bibiani might be involved in pretty much the most high scoring, most high octane matches this year. You look at his match. I mean the one against Merle, not that great I believe he got TKO'd, right? Uh the triple threat one was fantastic. This match he had against Chance, fantastic. I have to think the one against the upcoming one against Ethan Irwin is going to be fantastic as well. And then after that, who knows what he plays, but then it's into the finals, and that's going to be a doozy. And then if he wins that onto Paul, that one's obviously going to be a doozy. So it's 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 set up for Bibbs to do it. And while Paul Preston could have a shot and make a run as well, I, I would put more stock into Bibbs doing it. Now you look at Dan Merrill at number two. He's two and one. He's pretty much done, right? He's done. This is this ranking is going to drop, but he's been absolute stellar. I mean, I feel like I'd be okay dropping him to number four, but I put so much stock in his in his season debut where he went 100% accurate, and that really carried carried his average or his accuracy rate, and he's at 88% on the year through three matches. He's earning 
of his points. And he has an opponent average accuracy rate of 77%. With, while it's not the best in the division, his PPE percentage right now is tops in the division through the three matches. So that number surely would have come down had he played another couple singles matches. But it is what it is right now. Dan Merrill will fall on this list as Bibbs play, as Paul plays, uh, and even maybe some other players like Roca or even Kalinowski. Um, they, they will have their say in terms of how far Dan falls. Outside of the top five, I don't know. Maybe it depends. I, I don't really see it happen. I think he could slide all the way to five and then that be it, in, ter- in my personal opinion, just for 2019. I think he could just fall to five, and that'd be due to great play by Bibbs and Paul Preston. And and look, Ethan Irwin, he can surge right in there. So, yeah, maybe Dan then slips to sixth. I don't know. Um, but Ethan Irwin has to have a crazy match against Bibbs to even kind of, for me to even entertain whether or not to put I don't even think I could, actually, to tell you the truth, because Dan beat er, Ethan, so I just couldn't get to that point, really. Um, but, obviously, number one player right now this year is Paul Oyama. That one's a no-brainer. 6-0. He's, has an, he has an accuracy rate of 77%. He's earning 72% of his points with a player opponent average of 66%. Now, not the best, not the greatest. Uh, he actually got outplayed by Dan Merrill in that, in that title match. Dan had a better accuracy rate uh, in his match against Jeff Snyder to defend. Obviously, both players weren't, weren't at the top of their game. Oyama missing his his three five-round uh, questions doesn't help any of his numbers in that regard. Um, but he's been very, very good in the first round. Let me look at his numbers right now in the first round. But also, I think we should note, Paul has had some opportunities to steal points. And this is the one weakness of his game that's become apparent. He's three for seven on the year in steal opportunities. Um, not, not the greatest from a guy whose whose accuracy rate is at seventy seven percent. I would like to see that number higher if I were if I were Paul and I. Paul definitely would like to see that higher. Paul's averaging close to seven uh, points in that first round. He's has an accuracy rate of eighty three percent. Has yet to to go perfect. He had uh, a four match streak of earning seven points in a row not hitting that that eighth question not getting a shot at the bonus so uh he's been a very good first round player near great really uh paul earning 80 percent near 80 percent of his second round questions uh the points rather with an accuracy rate of 83 percent he he doesn't like to go to multiple choice a whole lot and that's evident with this pretty decent pp percentage here in the second in, in the second round which is really helped him get to where he's at now i don't have any other numbers on terms of speed round and whatnot not off the top of my head at least but when you look overall now throughout the league and and or the division just for this year and you, and you concern yourself with just how players perform in rounds one and two third round final round notwithstanding just for the fact that not everybody has to answer their two, their three, or their five every single time. So those balances get a little out of whack. But if we just look 
at his first two rounds. Uh, Dan Merle, he's averaging in three matches 14.3 points. That's above Ethan Irwin's 14 flat points. Paul Yama comes in at number three, earning 13 points. Chance at number four, earning 12.8. Followed by Paul Preston at 12.3. That's your top five. That's points per round. Uh, again, that's out of a possible 16, so I'm not taking into account uh, bonus points there or steals. Uh, when you look at their accuracy rate for rounds one and two, Dan Merle through rounds one and two is at 92%. Ethan Irwin is at 89%. Chance Ellison at 88%. At number four is Paul Oyama at 83%. And Paul Preston comes in at number five there with... 79%. And let me just say this. Number six on both of these lists, it's not Mike Kalinowski. It's not Brendan Meyer. It's it's not you know John Roca. It's none other than Janine the Machine. She has an accuracy rate of 75% through rounds one and two. She's earning near 11 points. She's in a legit threat. And, that, and this really leads into the Kalinowski match. Kalinowski's averaging 10... Point three points through rounds one and two this year. Janine's at 10.7. The difference here is Janine, with a higher accuracy rate of 75%, compared to Mike's, and actually, let me look at Mike's accuracy rate through rounds one and two. Uh, he is at 64%. So there's, there's a big gap there in terms of accuracy rate, which means... That if Janine plays the way she's been playing all year, she's not going to give up any opportunities to Mike. However, the way Mike plays, has been playing, we're looking at a possibility that Janine could have a chance at stealing a couple questions, one or two. I think that's probably going to happen, to tell you the truth. I think Mike is someone who would want to take it, is not afraid to take chances, and that can be somewhat detrimental. It depends how he plays here, though. I mean, he might switch it up. But this year so far, he's kind of opened himself up to some steal opportunities. Obviously, that did not happen against Janine the last time when he got bond. But the other times outside of that, there have been times where players can't take advantage of that. And I think Janine has been, has been pretty good at, first of all, being consistent herself and not giving up too many of those opportunities. And Janine is... Where this is where she needs to work on her game, though, because she is just two of six and steal opportunities. So there's a lot of missed points out there that Janine can, can hopefully, in a match with Mike Kalinowski, capitalize. Because Kalinowski is actually really good when it comes to steals. I think he's actually the all-time leader in steals. I have to double-check what that number is. But this year, he has four of six in his matches. So if Janine does miss, Mike could pounce and capitalize. When and if Mike does miss in second round, Janine has to capitalize, especially if if it's in a category anywhere near the realm of one of her strengths. So it's it's gonna be a tough one there. Um, but that's just looking at players through the first two rounds, like I said. So with all that said, there's really not much more to this. I just kind of wanted to roll out my own personal rankings for singles for just 2019. This doesn't have to do anything else with the fact that Dan Merle is uh, a three-time singles division champion or that Bibbs used to hold the belt. Um, none of that. 
Um, just want to make sure we're all clear on that. So that's pretty much going to do it here for this iteration of the cheat sheet. And uh, hopefully down the line, I'm actually going to work on probably maybe putting these up on YouTube, uh, maybe on its own podcast feed. You know, one one person commented, you know, are these podcast feeds? Um, what we'll see. How soon I can get that taken care of. But so watching this thanks for tuning in thanks for listening hopefully you learned a little bit something and when you go into those those group pages and whatnot and on twitter you have a little bit more ammo for your arguments uh that's kind of the point a little bit of the point the stats so you are informed and then you can you know do better things and, i don't know, do better things than arguments that doesn't really make sense but anyways all right that's that's it that's it Go. Go watch that Bibiani Chance Ellison match if you haven't. Um, but I guess it doesn't make sense because if you made it this far, then you already know the outcome because I, I spoiled it. Even though I told you it was spoiled. But with that even said, you should still go watch it because you won't believe your eyes how the outcome came to be. So, go watch it. And if you haven't watched it, if you did watch it live, go watch it again. It's a fun time. Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's nix.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's knix.com.